Hello dear listener, this is King Tanda of King Tanda Mission and the Tanda Wuhle Ministries. We are grateful to come to you again um, to minister the word of God, uh, to speak what the Lord has put in our spirit concerning his will. Today I want to speak I believe I'll be brief. I don't know how much or how further I'll go. But the Lord has placed so much in my spirit. The issue of the great calling. That is why I, I've titled my message today. The higher calling. Which is love. When we read from the book of First uh, Corinthians 13. Verse 13. Uh, it reads like this uh, from the Amplified Bible. And so faith, hope, love abide. In parenthesis, faith being the conviction and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope being joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And love being the true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. Parenthesis close. These three, but the greatest of these is love. But the greatest of these is love. Lord, we bless the reading of your word. At this point in time, Please speak to us, regardless of all the other noises and sounds that might be ringing in our head, in our hearts. Make it clear to us. Let it pour in fresh air as the springs of waters that spring from the mountains are in springing into our spirits, purifying us, cleansing us, and healing us, and giving us perspective, or uh, perspective that comes from you, only and only you, concerning this subject of love. Um, amen. Brethren, and all of you listeners, it's a great conviction in my spirit, the higher calling which is love we have all been called to love the word of god says oh, god is love and whoever does not love god whoever, oh, sorry whoever does not love does not know god in the same passage which we have read i think it's the first verse says though you may speak in tongues of men and tongues of angels but you have no love you are just like a, res a resounding symbol uh you are making noise you know and, and imagine an empty tank when you beat up on it, it makes a lot of noise because it's empty i think it's a it's a great achievement uh, when you go among us church folks and believers, it's a 
great achievement to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. Uh, it's a great achievement to learn uh, the different languages of the world. It's the greatest achievement. You are able to communicate with uh, people from uh, so many different countries and from so many nations. Oh, it's, a, it's a great achievement. You will agree with me. Even speaking in other tongues, even you speaking in tongues of angels, it's the greatest achievement, right? We agree on that. But the word of God says, even so, having acquired or having attained this high level of achievement, you are communicating in tongues of men, you are communicating in tongues of angels, but inside you, there is no love. Oh my goodness. You are empty. Your achievement is useless. Um, it doesn't matter that it works for you at the moment. But when the day of judgment comes, it will be found that you have been empty all this while. Now what is love? Love is God. And why am I saying every one of us has been called to love? It's because we have been created in God's likeness. If God is love, so are we. And we should exhibit love, not just in the outside, not just from the mouth, but this love should be overflowing from inside. It should be inherent in us. It should be something that oozes out without us struggling to let it out, this love. Uh, uh, recently, um, I, I was speaking uh, with someone. We were speaking about the, the return of the Lord Jesus, say, saying that Jesus is coming very soon and we have to be ready. And she was asking, she was just asking a rhetorical I was there listening. She said, Jesus is coming back very soon. And how am I sure that when he comes, indeed I will find that I go with him. He takes me with him because my name is written in the book of life. How can I be sure? I've prayed. I've done all these things that I think made me ready for the Lord. The Lord's return, uh, the Lord's return to take his, his with him. Uh, I didn't know what to say, but immediately she asked that question. I, the, 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 the spirit of the Lord caused me to ask her this question. I said, have you, <laughs> I quoted the verse, which I've just read, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. I quoted the verse and I asked her because the verse says that there is faith, there is hope and there is love and the greatest of them all is love. I asked her, have you believed? She said, yes, I have believed and I still believe. I asked her, have you hoped? She said, yes, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I have this hope 
for this eternal salvation um the eternal life and then i asked again have you loved oh my god you know i wasn't expecting the response even to me it kind of shook me she couldn't answer that one and have you laughed apparently uh, uh, in the in the past uh, months i think it was around january uh, i happened to speak about this say this very same subject of love in church uh, where i was speaking the spirit of the lord causing me to declare that the lord is bringing real revival in this he's reviving love in the church is reviving love in us as individuals <clears throat> he's pouring out a different kind of love and the subject i i titled that subject uh, as love uh, alive love alive god is is bringing a new wave a new kind of love which is not dead a love which is alive a life which is a full of actions the actions of faith uh, a not just love that is pronounced in words but love that is acted out and love that is true so we spoke about that and we were stuck on the issue of loving have we loved uh, we have not loved i'm telling you we have not loved I'm reminded of a friend of mine back then when I was still in secondary school when talking about the issue of fasting he was saying that I fasted a lot but uh, of all the days that I fasted I think the Lord has told me that I've only fasted about 10% uh, as for the rest it never worked out it wasn't pure it was the the motive wasn't pure and everything was not in place so even here i know that you think you have loved enough to say that i have loved but i want to tell you today you have not loved and the lord is calling you he's saying come up here that is calling you to a higher place to this higher calling that when everyone has believed and when everyone has faith in them when everyone has hope because here they have received Christ and Christ is hope is giving is giving them hope uh, there is another level that we have to get to another achievement that we have to achieve that we have to get or to make uh, another level to which we have to climb and we will not be climbing a uh, through our own doing or our own strength but because because the, the lord is pouring this thing out there is this grace for love and how i wish in my spirit and i know that how the lord wishes and how the lord wants this thing to manifest that we may receive of this outpour that he is bringing into the earth uh, of love whereby we will love unconditionally and uh, we will practice this love we will love uh, we will love without seeing things uh, without seeing people in the flesh but we will love them according to the way that god sees them and according to the way that god loves them god loves his people no matter what god loves his people when they are in the and they are 
deepest pit of darkness. He still loves them. God loves his people when they are in their mud. They are swimming in the in their mud like pigs swimming in mud. He still loves them. He wants to cleanse them. He wants to bring them back to him. God loves his people even when they have done the most horrible things, things that you can never imagine. Others are in prisons. They have been sentenced for life. They have, others have been executed because of the atrocious crimes that they have committed. The world has condemned them. The world has thrown them to the dustbin. If I can use the role, the world has thrown them to a bin because the world has created its bin for people for people who are deemed to be un, uh, for people who are deemed to be undeserving of love, undeserving of affection, undeserving of forgiveness, undeserving of living amongst others, undeserving of liberty and freedom. It has created its pain and it throws people into the pain. It is very unfortunate that even in the church, amongst us believers, we have we we are partaking into the throwing of both discarding of these souls into the spin that the world has created we throw them in there we forget about them we never pray for them we never we never think of them we never visit them we, ne- we don't do anything we have condemned them it is so unfortunate the lord has got no pain for a person he has no pain for a soul even the hell, even hell was not created that God may throw away into it people whom he sees that they have gone wayward. Glory to God. I believe that you are still with me here. We have a mandate that we have to ask for God's grace even to be abundant upon us that we may laugh after we have believed and have hoped, we have preached, we have sung, we have uh, given, uh, we have done so many things which we believe are acts of uh, are acts of faith. We, th- we thought they were acts of love, but there is more to it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Shela Bohasuna. Lika dosala. Speak, Lord, we are listening. Speak, Lord, and change us today. Glory to God. Come with me. Come with me. Do not be lost. Now, uh, the, the word of God says, what, what, what use is there for you to love someone who loves you? Oh, my God. Do you think there is any reward for that? Is there any weight in it? Do you think there is any value in it? Do you think you have done it? You've done you, you've you've done the, the perfect thing by loving the very same person that loves you. Oh no. But he the word of God encourages us and it urges us to love our enemies, the people who are against us, the people who do not love us, the people who the very people who do not care about us, the very people who hurt us. When we try to help them out, they 
intend to betray us and when they become disloyal we have helped them uh, uh maybe you you, you 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 have given them education um from their primary uh to their secondary up to whatever and then after that they leave you just like that uh, we we are some of us some of some of us are parents you have raised your children you have made so many sacrifices to make sure that they they make it in life they make it through academic uh, uh, their academic journey they get good jobs you have made so many sacrifices some of which you you are you are not even uh confident enough to speak of um they are only they are just your secrets because you have struggled you wanted the best of them but what did they do they grew up and they left they left i mean they left and you are there you are crying and you're crying why lord have my children left me like this after making so many sacrifices um some of some of us some of uh, some of uh, these people have we have we have been friends with we have shielded them from so many things we have um supported them uh, we have defended them but they left us uh, some of these people uh, they they've become enemies you know an enemy is someone who seeks to destroy you as someone who is working uh, relentlessly against you tirelessly against you someone who does not sleep at night at night while you are sleeping the very first person who was your friend before has become your foe now is he, he or she is working for your downfall to see you fail to see you frustrated um, to see you crying to see you broken your enemy a person who seeks to kill you I mean to kill you and the word of God says love your enemy that is where the reward is in then it is there in loving the very person who is your friend who is loving you Yes, you may lay down your life for your friend. It's a good thing. But then there is a higher calling. You have to love. And love is not easy because this love this love is this love is not easy. Now because it is not the kind of love that is sweet which we usually see uh, between two people who are maybe dating or who are married, uh, it is so sweet. Uh, they are busy um, feeding each other uh, the cakes and they are doing all sort of things holding hands uh, walking in public and they are having all the fun uh, that one is nice but then there is this higher calling of love or there is this higher love whereby you have to love even when it is difficult when it is working against you you have to love when when the situation is actually dictating that you should hate you should generate hate you should hold a grudge you should um there's uh, that person um you should um forget about that person uh, all that kind of stuff you write people off and all that kind of we usually say these things uh, it is it is a calling us the lord is calling us now he is calling us to a higher place of love and where we have read i even um i even made an emphasis of all these three 
there is one which is greatest. I'm telling you, <laughs> there is one which is greatest. And you, 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 you recall with me, it is love. Love is the greatest of these things. Love is the greatest of the three. When all of these have been put on display, uh, love carries the greatest weight. Love is the greatest. Okay, I think I've said that enough now for us to grab it. So, <clears throat> how do we do this thing? Because uh, we, 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 we want to love. The best thing that you can do is to love God. If you love God, you will, you will then be able to love men. And someone is saying right now, oh, I love God. I love God, but I'm really struggling with these people who are busy tormenting my life. I just cannot stand it. I cannot tolerate it. I'm tired. I think I'm done. No. Hey, there, there is this uh, moment between Jesus and Peter. Oh, when everything is just going okay, they are doing their things, right? Then all of a sudden, uh, Jesus asks Peter a question. You, do you remember what, what that question was? Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Just like that. And Peter, just like that. Excuse me. Peter, just like that, answers, Yes, Lord, I love you. It was no big deal to him. He knew he loved the Lord. He had done so many things with him and he believed that he loved the Lord. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. And he asked again, Peter, do you love me? I think. I want to imagine that Peter laughed. He said, oh, Lord, I love you. You know. And Jesus said, tend my flock. And then Jesus got to ask for the third time. And the word of God says, when Jesus asked for the third time, he said, Peter, do you love me? It says that Peter was troubled. He was now troubled by this incessant uh, question from Jesus. What's up with this guy? And why is Peter troubled? I want to believe that Peter is troubled because he, he, he now realizes that this man is asking me for the third time. Could it be that he doesn't see the love that I have for him? Could it be that he's doubting my love? Or could it be that he thinks my love is not enough? Could it be that this love which I think I'm giving him is not actually the love that he expects? And all, in, all, uh, in all these questions, having asked all these questions, Jesus kept saying, tend my flock, feed my sheep. See these words. He speaks about Peter loving him and then he speaks about the sheep being fed. 
the flopping tent tended. My goodness, Peter realized that actually this guy is expecting more. There is more to this than what I thought it was all, all along. Oh, than what I thought it was all along. Jesus was basically calling Peter to a higher level of this love. Yes, Peter, you love me because I am doing, I've been with you, I'm your friend. Uh, we have been doing things together. You have seen me doing great things and you admire me for that. But Peter, for me, love is feeding my sheep. For me, love is tending my flock. Once you do that, trust me, you have shown me the greatest love that can ever be shown by a man to me. Feed my flock. And we know when Jesus was speaking about flock, he was not just speaking about livestock, but he's talking about his people. He's talking about his people. He says, look after my people. Make sure my people are okay. We know that sheep must be led. Sheep must be led to green pastures. Sheep must be led to waters to drink. Sheep must be protected from wolves which want to, uh, which want to destroy them. Wolves which are, are coming after them. They must be protected. And the sheep must be kept as safe at all times. Sheep must be led to the crawl when it is time to go there. And this sheep that Jesus is speaking about, it is his people. The people of God who are the people of God. It is all of us having been created by God in his likeness. He has brought us on this earth as his sheep, as his flock, as his people. So that we should not perish, but we should have eternal life. We have been made after his likeness. And Jesus tasks Peter with the task of tending the flock, of looking after the sheep. And Jesus, um, uh, he shows that, he, show, he shows that uh, tending this flock or looking after his people, is the greatest love that can you can that you can the greatest action of love that you can ever do to him. He wanted more than what Peter than Peter. He wanted more than Peter's admiration of him. So it was not just about Peter. It was about us all. Rabo Shalaba. It was about us all. To look after the sheep. To tend this flock. So now. Coming to that question that lady asked me. Have you laughed? When I sorry, the question I asked that lady that day. I said. Have you laughed? And she could not answer. That this is where the Lord brought us to. How can we laugh? You cannot just love men randomly. But you have to love God. Focus your eyes or fix your eyes on God, who is the author and the finisher of everything. Focus your love to him. And how exactly can you love God? You can love God only by tending his flock, 
looking after his people. He, that you can love God by loving his people. You know that you, you are loving God. We know that to love is to appeal to a person's heart. Um, you appeal to their inner being. I think you appeal to the person's heart. And the Bible says, where the heart is, so the Bible says, where the treasure is, that is where the heart is. Oh my God. <laughs> where the heart is, that is where the treasure is. So if you want to love God, you want to appeal to his heart. And where is God's heart? God's heart is where his treasure is. And where is God's treasure? Good people, God's treasure is not anywhere else. It is not in gold. It is not in silver. It is not in mountains. It is not in stones. It is not in what? But God's heart is in his people. All God cares about is his people. That is why he gave that is why he gave man the highest authority on earth. So God's heart is in and it is with his people. If you want to touch God's heart, touch his people the right way. You will not have you will not even have to come and sing a song in church saying, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. You will not have to declare all these things to him. He will already, he will already know that you love him because you have wrapped or you have touched his treasure the right way. That is his people. So this higher calling, which I'm talking about today, it is to love God's people. It is to love God's people in a way of loving God. Focus your eyes on God and God will give you the way. He will show you the way of dealing with his flock, of dealing with his treasure. Buy the entire field because that is where the treasure is. Admire his people, treasure his people, value his people unconditionally. They are, his, they are still his people. And why is it really a higher calling? This because, as I, I said uh, as, uh, in, 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 my earlier, uh, in my earlier lines as I was speaking, I said that it is a higher calling because it is actually not an easy thing to love people. Especially people who are not your friends. It is not easy, trust me. The very people which hurt, who hurt you, you have to love them. The people who betray you, you have to love them. And when I'm talking about loving them, I'm talking about really loving them from the bottom of your heart, as other people say. Love them from the bottom of, of your heart. Don't just love them from your mouth. Don't just give them money while you are away, thinking that it's a way of showing love. Come to them. Speak with them. Comfort them when they are in pain. doesn't matter that they are not your friends. They are your enemies. Feed them. You know, there is this uh, part uh, in, in, in the Bible where Jesus says that I think it was his disciples uh, uh, when Jesus says, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to say that uh, when I was hungry, you did not uh, give me food. When I, I, I was 
um, naked, you did not clothe me. Uh, when I was in prison, you did not come to check on me. Uh, when I was thirsty, you did not give me water to drink. And the, the disciple says, where would we, where would we have seen you doing all these things? And Jesus says, the person who came hungry, dirty, and thirsty, and you drove them out. You made sure that the gates are closed. And you made it clear to them never to come back again. It was me. The person who was, was given life imprisonment because of atrocities that he committed, they were real. But that person needed your visit. That person needed you to go there and check on them. It was me. So you can imagine a person who has committed crimes against you and the Lord is calling you to love that person. So he's calling us to forgive. So love requires us to forgive. Even when it hurts the most. Even when we have gotten to a point where we say, we have tried everything, we are done. There's nothing else that I can do. God says, yes, there is. And he's pouring out this kind of love. So that a as where the waters cover the sea, so the air should be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And God is love, God's people. It is good we are preaching, pitching up tents, building up uh, beautiful buildings, calling them all sorts of names, dedicating them to the Lord. Oh, doing all these things. But the greatest of all these, my good people, it is love. And this love is not just the ordinary love, but it is love that is alive. A love that will bring you to your toes. This is the kind of love in which you all along have been thinking it's impossible. It is possible with God. This kind of love is possible with God. We need to pray together. We need to open up and ask God in this time of grace, in this time of revival. That Lord, revive this kind of life in us. This kind of love. We have failed you because we have called ourselves men. And we said, so it is impossible with us to love like that. You know, sometimes you are going to have to love a person. We are going to, going to have to love to a point whereby you will even die. The very people you love will kill you. I'm not talking about romance. Because I know some people will say, ah, now I'm talking about romance, the domestic violence, gender-based violence and all that kind of. I know it is real, but I'm talking about this love of God. Whereby you will see no man in the flesh. Even when you see that these people are horrible, but you will not see them in the flesh. You will see them in the spirit. You will see them as God sees them. They are still God's lost sheep. 
which must be loved so that they can be drawn closer back to God. Love has the ability um, to destroy evil, to destroy darkness. It has the ability to destroy hate. Love always thrives. You may not see it in the beginning, but love thrives. This kind of love which I'm talking about, it thrives. It does not die. And it has the ability to delete and to erase all that hate has, has been building and has put in place. So people of God, we have a higher calling upon our lives. Let us look beyond our comfort zone. When I was speaking about this in church, I asked the, the, I asked the brethren who were there to look into the eyes of each other, look into the eyes of the person next to them. If there is someone next to you, look into their eyes. I know as you look into their eyes, you think you know them. Now you are thinking of all what they do. You are thinking about them. Because you know all their stories. Even the stories which they are not aware that you know of. You know them. And you are thinking this is a bad man. It's a bad man. But through those eyes, there is God looking at you. Through those eyes of that person looking at you, there is God in that person looking at you, yearning for your love. Even though they cannot say it with their mouths or with their actions, but the God in them is longing for your love. Despite all that you know about that person, maybe she's a prostitute, or you know that he, she has lay, he or he has slept with so and so. You know that he drinks secretly. He smokes. You know that he has killed people. But has not been convicted due to absence of evidence. You know that the person has anger issues. The person is a gossip monger. The person is whatever. But inside that person, there is God looking at you, looking for your love. If you can give that person love, you don't know if that love, which is alive, you don't know if it's going to correct whatever wrong is going on in that person. Love defeats evil, trust me. So instead of looking at that person and thinking of all these horrible things that you know about him or her, can you just see God who wants to come out, wants to manifest in that person? God who is in that person having been forced now to live uh, in such a dirty, a dirty place because the person is dirty. There's a God in there who wants to come out and clean up that person so that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. 
So I'm asking you this question. Have you believed? Have you hoped? And lastly, have you loved? I have not loved and today I repent. I'm asking the Lord to shower me with His grace and to pour out this kind of love into me so that it can give me the strength to be able to love even where it hurts, even where it's hot. To be able to love beyond my own righteousness. To be able to love unconditionally. To be able to love beyond the flesh. To be able to see no man according to flesh. Love is the higher calling for people. It's a mandate we have been given. We need to embrace it. Let our love come alive. May our words not be in songs. May, so may our love not be in songs. May our love not be in words. May our love not be in poems. But let it be in action. Let it be alive. I remember as I'm about to finish, I, I thought I was going to be briefer <laughs> than this, but it has gone on. The Spirit has led on. Forgive me, but I believe you are getting something. If it was meant for you, then it's yours. I asked them. I made a, actually, I made a, a scenario. I said, imagine John 3, verse 16, saying, For God so loved the world that he wrote a beautiful song and started singing it. And sang, started singing to it. Oh, for God so loved the world that he wrote a very beautiful poem and started reciting it to the world. But no, for God so loved the world that he took action, a real action. It was not an easy kind of action. Trust me, it can never be easy to give away your only Son, whom you love so much, give him and then you give him away just like that to save an entire flock. We must be an expensive flock. We must be an expensive flock. I'm telling you. That is why we are God's treasure. His heart is in us. If you really love God, I challenge you. Start loving me in the way that God would. He gave his only begotten son just like that because of the love. I also made an example of Exodus. I don't remember the verse exactly, but the way God was speaking to Moses, God appeared to Moses, he is a burning bush. <clears throat> Oh, no, I said, imagine God saying, Moses, I have heard the cry of my people and I have seen their suffering and now I have come uh, to write them a beautiful song so that it can be sung to, it can be sung to comfort them. 
wouldn't you have said that's nonsense? He heard the cry. He saw their suffering. He came. He took action. He came to deliver them. So what are you doing? What action are you taking? Because that person into whose eyes you were looking is going through a lot of things. He or she may have not said it to you. And he or she will, may, maybe he or she will never tell you. But that person is going through a lot of stuff. Emotionally, psychologically, financially, socially, in every, in every sphere of his or her life. These people are going through a lot. And this lot, all, all this lot that they have, Maybe one, or two, or three, or even all. I just meant for you to demonstrate God's love on that person. Let us demonstrate God's love, people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking. I want to believe you. I've spoken everything that you have been telling me. And if there is anything else, Lord, you will continue speaking. We receive your word and receive your anointing upon our lives to love. We receive this love, this kind of love, which is a life which you are pouring out into us in this time of revival, <clears throat> so that we may tend your flock, <clears throat> so that we may feed your flock, so that we may look after your people. So that we may touch you, your treasure. So that we may handle your treasure in the way that you desire. In the right way that you desire. So that, Father, you may be affectionate of us. You may feel our affection for you. You may feel our admiration for you. You may feel our love for you. We do not want our life to be confined to music. To be confined to poems. To be confined to, to, to books. We do not want it to be confined to uh, our eloquence of speech. But Father God Almighty, we want our life to be felt by your people. We want it to affect your people. We want our love to affect, to have an effect on your people, to touch your people. So that Father God Almighty, they may realize that you live in us. They may realize that you are true and living God and you are alive and well and you really love them this love Father God Almighty will give them will give it to them through us we are just your vessels may we be good vessels vessels which do not choose what you pour into us but vessels which will, be, will always be open for what you are pouring in it might be difficult as we see it and it might be impossible as we see it, but we trust in you, God, that you are our strength. Even your word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let your anointing and let your grace overflow in us so that we may have this inherent strength to be able to love even in difficulty, even in impossible circumstances. We may be able to exhibit love, true love, 
which resembles and which is, which truly is in a sense, your love, our Father, who art in heaven, let your will be done in us. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven there is love. Why can't there be life, love on earth? In heaven there is love which is alive. Why can't there be love which is alive on earth? Let it be, O oh God, that even on earth this kind of love is seen, this kind of love is experienced before your second coming, O oh God, so that when you come, we will be able to say we have believed. We will be able to say we have hoped. And we will be able to say we have loved. Oh, Father God, and we know that love encompasses all of these things because it is the greatest. Oh, Father, that we may love like you, that we may love unconditionally, that we may love truthfully, that we may love the very way that you love, oh God. Open the eyes of our heart, and oh Father, open the eyes of our spirit. Father God Almighty, let our love be renewed. Let our love be renewed, oh God. Let our love be rejuvenated, oh God. Let our love be new, creating us a new kind of love which shall be alive until you come in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we pray and we receive these things we receive your grace Lord be thou glorified amen and amen thank you brethren for joining us today we believe that what the Lord has spoken through me you have been able to grasp with your spirit, not with your head, but with your spirit, and it is going to transform your life. And you will receive, as the Lord has promised, you are receiving a new kind of love, an outpour of your new, a new kind of love is coming to you. Be open in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So have faith, have hope, and have love.